Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Summer Podcast. This is episode 118. Today I will be talking about the disappearance of a mother and her two children. My sources for today's episode are an episode of American Justice, season 15, episode 12, titled A Family Vanished, Find a Grave, NewsJournalOnline.com, ClickOrlando.com, and True Crime Daily. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. My daughter, Jessenia, was a very good mother, a good daughter, and my grandkids, they were my life. When we found out that they were missing, my heart started racing. What the hell was going on? I flew my way to the house. The case had evolved into a very suspicious missing person type case, and then the next door neighbor became involved. I said, please, just tell me where's my daughter. He looks at him and says, I just snapped. I was wondering if I could have a police officer come to an office building. We have somebody that will not leave. (laughs) You have to consider that there are more possibilities than one. We can't stop until we get some answers. On the morning of October 23rd, 2013, in Deltona, Florida, Yesenia Suarez's mom, Felicita, had an odd feeling when her daughter hadn't called her by 8 a.m. Yesenia Suarez was born on August 17, 1985. At the time of her disappearance, she was a 28-year-old married mom of two. Yesenia hadn't been answering her phone, so her mom tried calling her workplace, but her work hadn't heard from her either. Felicita contacted Yesenia's husband, Luis, but he didn't answer either. By 10 a.m., Felicita drove to Yesenia's house, and she also contacted the police to perform a welfare check. The police arrived. Louis also arrived a few minutes later. Louis told Felicita that Yesenia had left the previous night and had taken the kids. The police asked Louis if he would let them search the house, and he let them inside. Everything seemed in place, and there was even a basket of folded laundry left on the couch. Felicita contacted the school where her kids, Michael, Elijah, and Talia Otto, attended. They were 8 and 9 years old. Talia was born on August 10, 2004, and Michael Elijah on August 19, 2005. They had only ever missed school if they had been sick. Yesenia always thought of her kids first and of their futures. Yesenia worked in HR and was attending school to get her bachelor's degree. The police started their search by looking into Louis, Yesenia's husband. They had met in 2009. While they were attending a Spanish music festival, Yesenia had been attending it with her sister. Yesenia was a single mom then. The two fell hard for each other, and Louis seemed to be her protector, was a handyman, and was put together. But he had once been part of the Latin Kings gang and had a criminal record. Louis had started school to become a barber, and he and Yesenia got married after two years of living together. Louis became a father to the kids and would take them to all of their sporting events. They bought a house together, and Louis stayed home with the kids while Yesenia attended her classes. Louis seemed to be turning his life around, and he had even testified against the Latin Kings gang in a criminal investigation. But two years into their marriage, things started to change. They were arguing more, and Louis wasn't taking care of the house while Yesenia was away at school. Felicita told the police that she knew Yesenia and Louis had gotten into a huge argument the night before Yesenia and the kids disappeared. By 11 a.m. on October 24th, 
Yesenia's family was out searching for her and tried to call and text her, but there was no answer. Yesenia and Louis had talked about getting a divorce, but continued to live together for the kids. Louis had been... Lewis had been suspecting for a while that Yesenia had been having an affair, and he was right. She was having an affair with a co-worker. On October 22nd, the day before Yesenia and the kids disappeared, Lewis confronted Yesenia at her workplace, and a 911 call was placed about someone who wouldn't leave the building. Lewis could be heard on that 911 call in the background talking and confronting Yesenia and her co-worker, Yesenia had tried to get Louis to calm down and to get away from them, but Louis ended up hitting Yesenia. He left the office building just before the police arrived, and he had outstanding warrants on him for the disturbance and domestic situation. In Yesenia's house, the police were able to find traces of blood. It was found in and around the bathtub and drain pipe. Yesenia's kids were described as being a lot like her. They wanted to be like her and also had a sassy side. Lewis was questioned at the police station. He spoke to the police about Yesenia, Michael, Elijah's, and Talia's favorite places, but he denied knowing anything about where they were at the time. Lewis had shown up at Felicita's house the night before for all of them to talk. They had spoken about living apart even though Lewis wanted to make it work. It seemed like Lewis and Yesenia had left things on good terms, but Yesenia had decided to go home that night, and then she disappeared. Lewis was asked what had happened when Yesenia returned home. He said they discussed her ending the affair with her coworker. Lewis sent the male coworker a message from her phone. Around 12:49 a.m., Yesenia called her coworker and said the messages were coming from her phone, but they were from Lewis. Lewis said he told her that they could have each other and that he was done with her. Lewis said at around 1 a.m. when he walked outside, he had seen one of his neighbors, Tyshawn Jackson. Lewis said he slept in his car that night and went back inside the house around 8 a.m. Lewis said he realized everyone was gone when he came back inside the house that morning. The police went to speak to Yesenia's co-worker named Kevin. He was the co-worker that Yesenia had been having an affair with. Kevin's wife found out that day that he and Yesenia had an affair. He let them search their house and the police analyzed the contents of his phone. Kevin and Yesenia had sent text messages back and forth to each other. Lewis had been the one who texted Kevin the last message from her phone. Kevin knew that things were off, but Yesenia had maintained that things were fine. Kevin was eliminated and had been at home with his wife at the time of Yesenia and her kids' disappearance. Yesenia and Lewis's neighbor, Tyshawn Jackson, became involved. Lewis had maintained to have seen the neighbor around 1 a.m. Tyshawn said he had seen Lewis at dawn, not in the early morning hours, because Lewis had asked Tyshawn to move Yesenia's car. Tyshawn said he thought he had driven about 45 minutes out of town to take Yesenia's car. Tyshawn also admitted to seeing Lewis spray and wipe down the car. He had also seen him stuffing things into garbage bags, and they had driven that 45-minute drive to dump the discarded items. Lewis had thrown items into the dumpster. Tyshawn told the police that during their drive out of town, Lewis had turned to him and said he just snapped. Tyshawn had been asked to be dropped off less than a block away from their homes when they returned. Tyshawn then purchased a box of cigarettes at the gas station and smoked several outside before leaving the property. Tyshawn agreed to go on a ride along with the police to the area where he and Lewis had driven to. In the dumpster, Lewis had discarded items belonging to him and Yesenia, and the items were recovered. 
Lewis was confronted about a witness coming forward. About 24 hours into the investigation, the police showed Lewis photos of Yesenia and, have, and of the kids. Lewis started to crack. He said he would never kill his family or put his hands on his wife. Lewis claimed that Ty Sean had come over to the house around 2 or 3 in the morning. Lewis said that Yesenia hated when he played PS3, but he let Ty Sean into the house anyways, and Yesenia had become upset about them playing video games. Lewis said the fight was so bad that he had scratches on his body from where Yesenia grabbed him. He said he was tired of her grabbing him, so he hit her in the neck. He said she fell and was looking at him as he attacked her. Lewis said the kids were at home the whole time, and they heard the screams and came out of their rooms. Lewis told Tyshawn to take the kids to another room so they didn't have to see this. Lewis said Tyshawn asked him if Yesenia was dead. He said yes. A few minutes later, Tyshawn had gone back to the bathroom with the kids, and Lewis said he heard gunshots. Lewis said there was blood everywhere, and Tyshawn admitted to Lewis that he killed the kids because they were witnesses to what had happened to their mom. Lewis said he and Tyshawn carried the kids out of the house, and Tyshawn had a shovel. Yesenia's family was notified by the police. The police confronted Tyshawn about what Lewis had told them. Tyshawn denied that he was involved. He again told the same story from what he had done on October 23rd. Tyshawn's family was interviewed. Tyshawn had also taken a polygraph test and his house was searched. There was no evidence that Tyshawn had done anything to the kids or to Yesenia. Lewis was interviewed again on October 26th. In the middle of the interview, Lewis claimed to have a stomach pains and asked to use the bathroom. He asked several times to use the bathroom. Lewis was speaking to the police while using the bathroom. He was asked where the children were, and his answer dramatically changed from I don't know to I'll never tell you. Lewis was able to lock the police from entering the bathroom, and he used a broken mirror that he had broken in the bathroom to cut himself in the arm, but he survived it. The police had to use a taser and fire it through the door and a battery ram to open the door. The police's next tactic was to bring in someone that Lewis had trusted. This person, Ann Wedge McMillan, was the prosecutor in the trial against his former gang, but Lewis never admitted anything to her. The motive seemed to be that Lewis had felt disrespected by Yesenia's affair. However, Lewis never admitted to killing the kids because it was frowned upon in the gang to kill children. In the master bathroom of their house, the police found 23 spots of blood belonging to Talia. The blood spots seemed to suggest that Talia had attempted to run into the bathroom to escape her attacker, which was Lewis. Talia's blood was also found in one of Lewis's boots. It was also found in a car mat that had been found in one of the dumpsters. Lewis Toledo was charged with second-degree murder of Yesenia and the first-degree murder of the kids, Talia and Michael Elijah. The prosecution wanted to seek the death penalty. Four years after the disappearance of Yesenia, Michael, Elijah, and Talia, Lewis went on trial. It began on October 11, 2017, and by this time, the bodies still haven't been re recovered. Michael Nappy, Lewis's defense attorney, said the best thing for the defense was that the bodies hadn't been discovered. Yesenia's family was afraid that Lewis would be found not guilty. Felicita testified that Yesenia, Michael, Elijah, and Talia would have never just run away. On October 17th, Tyshawn took the stand for the prosecution. He spoke about his relationship with the kids. He denied killing them. 
Tyshawn said he never had spent time with Yesenia and never killed her either. The prosecution wanted to show the emotion of Tyshawn towards the kids versus Lewis's emotion, because Lewis had no emotion at all during the whole trial. The trial lasted four weeks, and Lewis was found guilty of the first-degree murders of Talia and Elijah and the second-degree murder of Yesenia. Lewis was sentenced to life in prison. It would have, have to have been a unanimous decision for the death penalty, and it was 10 to 2. Lewis has never told anyone where the bodies are. As if this family hasn't suffered enough, Yesenia's brother, Jonathan, has also since passed away. Felicita believes that Jonathan's mission was to find the bodies of Yesenia and her children. My heart truly breaks for this family, as if they hadn't been through enough. I don't believe that Lewis will ever tell anyone where the bodies are. He was so angry at Yesenia for wanting to move on from him. He then blamed Tyshawn for killing his children, and Luis has not shown any emotion or empathy, and it's absolutely disgusting. My book recommendation for this week is The Perfect Girlfriend by Haley Smith. I smile at my boyfriend as I set the table ready for the delicious dinner that's bubbling on the stove. I know I'm everything to him. I've made absolutely sure that I'm his perfect match in every way. Jay and I have only known each other for a short while, but whenever I gaze into his gorgeous green eyes, I know he's the one. His little house by the deep forest's edge is perfect for the two of us. There's no internet, no phone signal, and no neighbors. I'm about as far away from my past as I could be. No one knows where I am, and I need to keep it that way. Warm in Jay's arms, I can persuade myself it's okay that he disappears for hours when he thinks I'm asleep at night. Returning the next morning glittery-eyed and tense, and I don't mind that he likes to be in charge of our money, our time, of me. He's just looking after me, keeping me safe from the outside world because he loves me. I won't question him, I can't challenge him, I need our relationship to work because I have secrets too. Jay thinks he knows me, but he doesn't have a clue. All I have to do is play my part and pray he never discovers just how far from perfect I really am. I really like this book a lot. This couple should obviously not be together, much like the couple from my case today. The girlfriend wants to be the perfect girlfriend and won't let her true personality slip in any way unless her boyfriend gives her a reason to. I give this book an 8 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to know what you think. Please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram at It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere blog pod, Twitter at It's Crime O'Clock, email me at It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere at gmail.com, buy me a coffee, and please leave me a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying this podcast. I will be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation, and remember, It's Crime O'Clock Somewhere.